And we start the week on Culture File with some radio poetry from Tygo Sullivan, in which the artist brings our ears high into the blue with the first hot air balloons and somehow inevitably on to the horrors of war and the brief life of Hungarian poet Miklos Radnoti. This is The Cloud of Unknowing. Hold on, you show picture clean. The business of war has become the business of knowledge. Precise geolocation of threats. Fused sensor video. The dream of those in the business of war is a dream of total knowledge. Tactical reconnaissance at standoff range. Those who sell the dream sell the idea that total Target knowledge. To create one common operating picture of the fast-paced battle space. Delivers precision and efficiency. Of thousands of sensors. And war that is just and exact. The United States will find you and take you out. The Predator Sea Avenger. This dream is a flying dream in which the world is seen totally, known completely from above. Mission success. Word synonymous with General Atomics unmanned aircraft systems. From the moment the Montgolfier brothers' balloons sailed over Paris in 1793, Maps became real. The human imagination had long portrayed the earth from above, but the cartographer's craft had relied purely on the mind's eye. Surprisingly, the new bird's eye view took 11 years to find military application. The Battle of Fleurus in Belgium was the first played out beneath a manned balloon from which French officers relayed details of Austrian maneuvers below. Over the century that followed, the dream of tactical advantage of watchtowers in the sky saw balloons float above battlefields of the American Civil War, the War of the Triple Alliance in Paraguay, and the Franco-Prussian War. Rapid innovation in the 19th century saw spherical balloons replaced by kite balloons. Dirigibles followed, airships that could be directed steered. By the dawn of the 20th century, the view from above, a real-time battlefield map, had become central to military intelligence. Fixed-wing aircraft, airplanes that is, first appeared above enemy lines in 1911, when Italian pilots flew over Turkish lines in Libya. A month later, the first bomb dropped from above. The First World War would be waged and watched from the sky. The interwar years brought Guernica. The years that followed brought the Battle of Britain, Blitzkrieg, and the bombing of Dresden. Battlefield had become battle space. Intelligence and reconnaissance took center stage. The world was rendered as a detailed series of maps, targets, photographs. The people below, too small to be seen. I don't know what this region means to others. It is my birthplace, though now ringed with flame. Miklos Radnoti was born in 1909 in Budapest. His talent as a poet was matched only by his love for his country and his desire to establish himself as one of the great writers of his nation's soul. As a young poet, Radnoti's position in the country he loved was never certain or secure. Deep-rooted anti-Semitism kept him to the margins of Hungarian cultural circles, even as the country sought to reforge its identity 
as a modern nation in the wake of the Great War. This region for the airman is just a map. He does not know here Verishmarty lived. For him it's factories, barracks. But for me it's crickets, oxen, church towers, gentle farmsteads. Interwar turmoil culminated in a series of laws that declared Jews unfit to bear arms. The war, when it came, would see Radnuthi drafted to a forced labour unit. He would be sent on three devastating mobilisations, working in horrific conditions for those who put the nation he loved in the service of the Reich. He, through his sights, sees chimneys, ploughed up fields. I see the workmen trembling for their toil. Woods, birds in orchards, vineyards and graves, by one of which a grand dam noiseless weeps. From what up there is a target, rail or works, down here is the dwelling of the signalman. You see him standing here in front of it, the red flag in his hand, around him children, a sheepdog, in the workyards frolicking. Nearby is a park, with footprints of past loves, and kisses, honey-sweet or bilberry-sour. Radnoti's third mobilization in 1944 saw him sent to the copper mines of Yugoslavia. Alongside thousands of others, he worked for months in unimaginable conditions, in a nightmare world of violence and backbreaking labour. As the summer drew to a close, a shift in the war's momentum saw a German retreat from the Balkans. Radnoti and three and a half thousand others were to be marched in columns toward Austria. The forced march took months. Even now, his body broken and surrounded on all sides by violence and death, Ratnoti managed to write, to bear witness. His writing from this time moves away from the classical meters he had mastered, forgoes the lyrical beauty that had marked him out as a great Hungarian poet to those who had noticed. His poems now take on a searing precision devastating efficiency, a total knowing. The oxen drools saliva mixed with blood. Each one of us is urinating blood. The squad stands about in knots, stinking, mad. Death, hideous, is blowing overhead. Miklos Radnuthi's body was found in 1946. It was identified from amongst 20 others by the coat that he wore, which contained his ID and a small notebook in which his last five poems were recorded. Well, check out Radnotti's uh, mass grave. The site of the mass grave is outside the town of Abda in Hungary, the place now seen on a map or from a satellite image seems utterly unremarkable. To visit the memorial, to sit and listen to the wind in the trees, is to understand that there are things that we cannot possibly know.
Tygo Sullivan there on maps, war and poetry. And you can find previous Clouds of Unknowing on the Culture File page on the Lyric site or wherever you get your podcasts.